0: The year was 1988. The King of Pop, Michael Jackson, had three hits in the Billboard Top 100. NWA, Slick Rick, and Big Daddy Kane all dropped their debut albums. Roseanne Barr and Bill Cosby had the two highest-rated shows on TV at the time. In the world of sports, Miami and Charlotte had two shiny new NBA teams in the Heat and Hornets. Ben Johnson won gold at the Summer Olympics and then was stripped of his medals and his world record because... Because drugs are bad, okay? In football, the 49ers officially became a dynasty when they captured their third Lombardi after Montana led Rice and company on a 92-yard game-winning drive in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl Twenty-Three. And in baseball, the boys of summer were back on top as the Dodgers captured their sixth World Series title. And along the way, Kirk Gibson made himself immortal when he hit a fly ball deep to right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. Oh, and some really awesome movies came out. I'm Aaron Thomas, and you're listening to The Year Was. And we're back here for another episode. It is The Year Was, and I'm your host, Aaron Thomas, and we've got two people here in the basement with us. Jeff, of course, and Jeff, would you like to introduce a
1: sure. special guest?
2: Of course. My beautiful, magnanimous, wonderful, smart and talented wife, Kimberly Hans.
1: Hi,
0: everyone. Thank you for joining us, Kim, and... Uh, Kim, you're not new to the show since so uh, you've made a guest appearance before, just not on the mic. And you've listened to the show before, so you know what we're diving into here in our first segment. That is The Rundown. For those of you who don't know, The Rundown is our top grossing movies at the box office. U.S. I realized that afterwards. I feel like I should clarify. It's U.S. box office. These, mov- these movies all probably made a lot more money than this internationally and then, you know, in terms of... Uh, other revenue like uh, ad sales and uh, also DVD and stuff like this is just US gross box office yeah no the year is 1988 does, um, does anybody have any stories of where they were in their lives at 1988 I don't know I wasn't uh, alive uh, I was being born
1: be- yeah newborn <laughs>
0: we <laughs> were both born in '88. <laughs> I figured. I figured. All right. Well, if that's since that's the case, let's just run right into the rundown. Anybody have any guesses on what the number one movie at the box office was for that year?
1: Rain Man. Rain Man.
2: Yeah. I, there's nothing else that stood out that uh, like really captured me of something that would have made a lot of money. I've
1: never seen it though, but it's on my list of movies that I do want to see.
2: <laughs> yeah, I won't step on that then because we'll talk about
0: that later because it was indeed number one and we'll, uh, like I said, we'll talk about that movie later. Number one at the box office, Rain Man, 178 million. Number two, any guesses?
2: Anybody really care to guess? Uh, hold on. Was it Die Hard?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> it was, this one really surprised me. I was delightfully surprised. Let me put it that way. Maybe that helps.
1: Is it a comedy? Another
0: guess. I would say so. It's not strictly... Yeah, no, it is.
1: Hmm.
2: Heathers? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 156 million.
2: All right.
0: And number three at the box office is Coming to America, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall Classic, 128 million at the box office. Number four, moving right along, is Big... $114 Hundred and fourteen million at the box office. I think I think all those except for Rain Man are pretty pretty surprising. Even number five, were well, really,
2: they're kind of all surprising. It, to be honest, if you put it in context of like the history of movies, they aren't like particularly standout movies as far as you know, they they're well known and obviously they made a lot of money, but they aren't things that. Everyone goes to him and be like, yeah, you got to see Big. Like, (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I I think it it seems like, um, I mean, these first ones that we've said, they're kind of like outside of Rain Man. They're all kind of like rite of passage movies. Like you saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit coming to America in Big at some point in your life. All different parts of your life, Mm -hmm. presumably, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Um, Hopefully you weren't watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then coming to America at six. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) Number five at the box office is a movie that I really enjoy. Twins, 111 oh. million.
2: Yeah. Th- that-
0: Never seen it. Oh, really? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Not only is it a funny movie, it's also the punchline of one of Bill Burr's best jokes.
2: And he talks about how Arnold Schwarzenegger is a
0: goddamn American hero. He <laughs> a hit movie with a midget.
2: And <laughs> we talked about this before, about how a lot of these late 80s, early 90s movies went on TV and got replayed over and over and over and over again. This is another one of those movies that just got played all the time in the 90s.
0: I mean, I I think, I mean, Coming to America Excluded, although I'm sure it was on, like, Comedy Central or something, a heavily edited version Uh, of of it was. But all of those, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Big... Rain Man, actually, I mean, that was on HBO and Showtime all the
2: time so did you when I was growing, growing up. So did you, growing up, have a big experience with, like, VHS, or were you, like, per- primarily DVD? I was um, VHS very
0: early. We had the VHS little thing. It opened mm. up. It was, like, almost like a cabinet. I think that's probably exactly what it was. Um, and But it was pretty quickly that it turned to DVDs. Yeah. But even in those early days of the DVDs, you still had, like, the DVD and vhs player like right. it was the vhs yeah. didn't. that's one of the things the that i think yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i think that's one of the things that people from past a little past my generation don't understand is that vhs it wasn't like dvd came in and then vhs just went away we all still had our old vhs tapes i mean like, like i definitely they... had
1: one of those dvd vhs player things because I, I had a lot of vhs's and i didn't want to I mean, who wanted to buy all of your VHS's on DVDs? It was expensive. Exactly,
0: and I feel like there was also a lot of TVs that had both attached. Mm-hmm. Or yes. like, so yeah, so I remember. But
1: they had- sucked because if they went up, then you had to buy a whole new TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: true. I mean, it's like the changeover from when they went to like um, HD uh, when the DVDs to HD DVD versus Blu-ray, blah, blah all that stuff. Um, but I was asking that because I remember. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit being another one of those VHS classic movies that we just constantly watched in my house. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that got a
0: lot of play, for sure. Speaking of uh, movies that got a lot of play, this movie didn't get a lot of play at my house. Not as much as the first one did, at least. Number six at the box office, Crocodile Dundee 2, 109 mil.
1: <laughs> I'm, I don't think I've seen any of them.
0: Really? I've
2: seen it. Is there a third one? I think there is, but was it the same guy? I, I
1: don't have
0: think no idea. I feel like we sh- I was going to say look it up, but then I was like, let's save it. It'll come up in right, pleasant yeah. research we'll, we'll for, out out. for a yeah. later episode. We'll figure it out later. All right. And then we'll, it'll be a nice little Easter egg. Number seven. This is a movie that I know is near and dear to both of your hearts. Die Hard,
2: $83 million at a box <laughs> office. Number yep. seven. I've got so much to talk about with that one later. <laughs> i
0: excited to talk about that <laughs> <Hold> one. <laughs> that. And uh, number eight at the box office, The Naked Gun. This is the very first Naked Gun movie. Seventy eight points, uh, seventy eight mil at the box office. I had a point seven there because there's two movies that had seventy eight million. Oh. They're like tied. Hmm. And uh, that other movie that had seventy eight mil, that's number nine. That's Cocktail. That's the second. Uh, Tom Hanks movie to be on this list. Jeff
2: smiles at his wife. Is that is that Pete <laughs> no, no, looking
0: Tom Hanks no, 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 no. Tom or Tom Cruise for you? No, no,
2: no. no. <laughs> oh. I, I like that movie. Like <laughs> I, I do too. It's a pretty good movie and I I've tried to him to see it a bunch of times and it's like I scroll over it a bunch of times and I'm like, You wanna watch Cocktail? And she's like, nah
1: <laughs> One day I because I I love Tom Cruise. But yeah,
2: I love it. Tom Cruise too. He's endearing in that one.
1: I like it. I mean It's
0: somewhat of a win for him. It's not a bad movie, and it's also like, that was like the beginning of him taking his job a lot more seriously than everybody else, because he learned to do all it's, those like flips and stuff it's with like the bottles. Top
2: Gun if he were a bartender. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the movie.
0: <laughs> exactly, without the weird gay volleyball scene. Moving right along. Number 10, uh, $74 million at the box office. This one is one of the great underrated classics in terms of animated movies, Oliver and Company.
1: Yeah. Wow, that was in the top ten. It was. Well, wow. it was a Disney
0: movie.
1: I haven't seen it in a long time, but I did have it on it's, VHS.
0: It's one of those movies where you don't you don't think about it because it's not a re, it's. I mean, it's rewatchable, but it's not like a classic like Lion King or Aladdin or something. You haven't. I mean, you're not worry watching it later on in life, but no. it's.
2: I haven't seen great it songs. In so long. I was gonna say. Billy I remember there being good music, but I don't remember much about the plot or, or the movie itself. So I have to rewatch that it's one. It's
0: basically Oliver really? Twist with a cat. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. I, I bet Scarlett would
1: like yeah, it. Yeah, she probably would. <laughs>
0: um, I just wanted to say this. Number uh, number 11 is the Steven Glansberg Award. award uh, just the right on the outside eating dessert by themselves. Number 11, just missed the top 10. Beetlejuice, 73 oh, million. Yeah. Those, you remember one Steven? of my,
1: one of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember
0: Steven Glansberg? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. let's just be fucking Steven Glansberg. <laughs> All right, yeah. So 178 million at the top, 73 million at the bottom. It's such a, it's such a, such a drop. And yeah. also, it, um, it's really nothing when you compare it to now. Like, oh, I Usually know. now the top is like two, three hundred, and the bottom's like you know seven still, but. All right, we're moving right along. We'll get into the fun stuff. Let uh, let's get some opinions rolling. You guys want to kick things off? Who wants to go first with the their uh, MVP vote Ooh, MVP. for 1988?
2: Kim, you can go MVP.
1: I said Tom Cruise. It's a good
2: choice. It's a solid choice. Until I had as well. I had Bruce Willis. Just because I love the man. All There's right. a little bit of bias going on there. <laughs> well, since
0: you have the different opinion, you you lead us. Tell us why you have Bruce Willis.
2: Um. I, It was his, to me, it was the breakout role that started his career, especially in action. He had only been in things that were considered comedic before then, and when he was cast for the role, they pretty much said that this movie's going to flop because they have no idea why they would choose him for an action star. It's silly to say now because of him primarily being an action star, but back then... He proved them wrong. I
0: mean, and he owns that franchise now. The way that Tom Cruise owns Mission Impossible, I'm sure he doesn't actually own the rights to the movie, but nothing is happening in them in terms of that franchise without it first going through him. So you know, he's turned it uh, into—I don't know—can he do it? Into you know, he's he's made a lot of money off that. You mean tell me why you had Tom Cruise? I had Tom Cruise as well.
1: Um, I mean, he was just. He was really popular in the 80s anyway. He had, I mean, he was in a lot in the 80s. And I just feel like with Rain Man, especially with, especially with that being, you know, the highest grossing film. uh, I just feel like that was a great year for him between that and Cocktail.
0: I think this is peak Tom Cruise because he's good looking. He's because that's that's one of the things that kind of gets under under underlooked is because he's I mean not that he's aged poorly but like he's not still oh no like, I still think he's hot oh you do really okay <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just a guy's opinion then because like here he, he's really a fucking good looking I mean, here No, in, the in the 80s, he definitely was well, I mean, yeah he was at, really um, good looking and he's making sorry I just ahead. want to finish a point he's makes he's making great movies of the time. And no one knew how fucking weird he was. This is all like <laughs> pre Nicole Kidman. This is pre jumping on the couch. This is pre going back and forth with Matt Lauer. Like, yeah.
1: it makes me sad that he's like kind of crazy. Because I mean, you watch him in movies and you forget about that because well, he's, he's so great.
2: The thing is, yes, he he belongs to what is essentially a insane cult, but he also is very humble and yeah. kind he is. to people
1: yeah.
0: that's, I, that's funny that you say that because I was going to piggyback with it and then like I find it even harder to dislike him because you hear all these stories of like Tom Cruise runs to the set every morning and he does it because he just fucking loves his job. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Plus he
1: does all like he does a lot of his own stunts.
0: Yeah, it's super cool. That'll never not be cool to me. I mean, he's going to space. I'm he's not going doing to space. that. Oh, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean, I have a lot of respect for a lot of actors, but I have a lot of respect for an actor who does a lot of their own stunts, especially at his age. Yeah. I mean, the man still runs. Yeah. Runs and I, runs.
2: And
0: breaks his ankle and keeps going. Like I said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I would never do that, but good on you, mate. Um, honorable mentions I had Jody Foster in The Accused, Dustin Hoffman also in Rain Man, Gene Hackman, Mississippi Burning, and Eddie Murphy Coming to America. I guess if you say Eddie Murphy, kind of give to give Arsenio Hall his due credit, oh, yeah. credit yeah, as well, because yeah. it's, a, it's a total dance there. But I have Tom Cruise as well. The, his performance in Rain Man, his, I mean, no disrespect towards Dustin Hoffman. But he, he stole Tom Cruise's Oscar there. He should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to be dislikable in the beginning, but by the end of that hour and a half to hour 45, you, you have, have to, have to, to him. love him mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, and he absolutely takes it away. My favorite part in the movie is, a girl, he's arguing with a woman. Says, You're taking advantage of us. You're taking advantage of your brother. Raymond, am I taking advantage of you? Yes. Shut up, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Rookie of the Year, moving right along. Um I'll start off here. My rookie of the year I had was Alec Baldwin, and this is what I want to read you guys here. This is what he had listed for his movies that he was in in 1988: uh, "She's Having a Baby," "Beetlejuice," "Married to the Mob," "Working Girl," and "Talk Radio." And those are all of his first. I think he had two other listed uh, prior to you know, that. Prior to that, but all of those were, you know, pretty much his first uh, big jobs. And I
2: don't think I knew that.
0: Yeah, I mean Beetlejuice. Obviously, everyone knows that one. But Married to the Mob, Working Girl. Those are all two. Those are two uh, pretty successful. Well, it's movies funny though because the...
1: a lot of people forget that he was in Beetlejuice because he looks so different than oh, he yeah. does now. He's <laughs> like
0: it's like Alec Baldwin ate Alec Baldwin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that to be rude. I mean it happens to all of us. We all blow up. But he just is so skinny. You're right. He's so skinny he was in so that skinny movie. Skinny and yeah. in
1: the glasses and yeah. It yeah. does.
0: it looks like a different person. Um, so that's all I had for Rookie of the Year. Just because I I had a I had a tough one with this one. Anybody else?
1: I had, uh, I had actually Bruce Willis for this one, only because going along with what Jeff said, he was—I mean, he was in things, but nothing that was like super popular. And with Die Hard being his first action film, I, it really just kicked started his career. So that's why I went with Mister Brucey.
2: I had Alan Rickman, and that's because I love the story of of this being his first major movie role and he was what in his forties when he did it yeah he had done stage plays in london and uh, he had done episodic series stuff where he was in a couple episodes of something here there and everywhere and then got cast as the villain for this and i mean his history writes itself but it's so strange we're talking about this today that his career seems so short because He started in his 40s and now he has passed. So it just seems like he was, you know, gone before we knew it. Yeah, but still one of those guys who
0: put in a lot of work throughout his career. And, uh, you know, the further along that we go with the show, I'm sure we'll talk about Alan Rickman more and more because he, you know, he was here for a short period of time in terms of working, but uh, he did a lot of great movies. Um, I'll just let or address the elephant in the room. I didn't even think about that because I don't really care for Die Hard I don't hate the movie but it's not like I just I never think of that as one of my favorite movies or I mean it's rewatchable if I'm on and I'm not really doing anything like I'll keep it on or watch a scene here or there but it it's just I would never say it's one of my favorite movies
1: well it's funny because prior to being with Jeff I had never seen it my parents didn't watch it I never believe it or not as much TV as I watched, I never saw it on TV so I never watched it I knew what it was, but I never watched it, and I knew how much Jeff loved it, plus his brother loved it as well, so it was big in that family, so he got me to watch it, and from the first time I watched it, I was hooked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I
0: figured that I'd be the odd man out on that one. I'll give you a history lesson
2: on Die Hard later. We'll get
0: into that later. All right, all right, all right. Honorable mentions I had for uh, Rookie of the Year. I had Roddy Piper. Uh, He was in They Live that came out this year. I don't... I don't think he'd been in any other movie before then. Surprisingly, we both have not seen that.
1: Oh, no, that's, that's awesome actually movie. on my, that's the movie I <laughs> have for another thing, but.
0: Oh, sweet, the whole table, that, that. And uh, other honorable mention for Rookie of the Year, I had John Claude Van Dam in Bloodsport. He is in another movie before this, actually I think two movies, but this was his first big uh, leading man role. And I love Bloodsport.
1: It
2: is definitely a guilty pleasure. It's a ridiculous
0: movie. Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely, well, dude. It's gonna get more ridiculous. we we'll am gonna be talking about Steven Seagal later.
1: Oh, oh
2: yeah.
1: My grandmother loved him. Oh, I
2: can't stand him. <laughs> dude, I
1: watched. The she had tra- like all of his movies. She was obsessed with him.
0: I'll table it, but I'd watch the trailer because I couldn't find the movie. Yeah. So I just watched the trailer, and I was like, man, his hair looks so bad. <laughs> just <laughs> let it go, man. Just let it go. Or just hire somebody else. Yeah. But the, does anybody else have any honorable mentions they wanted to share? Should we move on to manager?
2: Uh, we can go to manager
0: all right manager of the year this is um, this one was a really tough one I went with Robert Zemeckis who was the director for who framed Roger Rabbit and the reason I did that is because I just can't imagine making a movie like this particularly at that time probably be a little bit easier now in terms of green screen and what you can do with effects that I don't even know about um but just making this movie with one actor in so many scenes and maybe some voice actors, who knows? I'm sure somebody was feeding them lines, but I'm I just, I can't imagine how difficult this movie was
2: to make for everyone involved. It probably looked ridiculous to make at that time. Oh, I'm sure. It probably, they were like, what are we doing? Because this is never going to work. So, uh, yeah, and, I, I get that.
0: And then you, it be just, it's like you, you said earlier when we were talking about it was the number two highest grossing movie. Uh, movie at the box office for this year this is a classic everyone from our generation grew up watching this it was on repeat numerous we watched it numerous times growing up and yeah i i love this movie
2: ruined um doc brown for me (laughs) yeah he was menacing he was menacing he was was so (laughs) creepy that ending is just so haunting
1: i love it did you guys know
2: it's based on a book yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think we talked about that in yeah. the episode. Okay. Um. All right. Anybody, everybody else?
2: Directors of the I year? D-
1: I didn't have anyone. It was hard for me to pick.
2: <laughs> I went with Barry Levinson for Rain Man. Yeah. Because you can't have a great orchestra without a great conductor. And I just feel like whatever he did to get those performances... I mean, you can give all the credit to the actors as much as you want, but without having a great team and a great director... You don't get those performances.
0: Yeah, for real. Baltimore stand up. John Landis. I had his honorable mention here. Coming to America. Tim Burton. Uh, Beetlejuice. John Carpenter. They Live. And uh, speaking of Baltimore, John Waters. Hairspray. Honorable mm. mention. Shout mm. out to him as well. Anybody else got uh, some ones they'd like to share? It was uh, a stacked year. I mean, it was like you said, Kim. It was a really tough.
1: Yeah, decision it really to make was.
0: Um, personal favorite. Who wants to share their personal favorite? You go first. I already talked about it. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. It's my personal favorite. It, it's honestly, if I was to go on a island and I could only take five movies, that would definitely make the cut. Wow. I, I've seen this movie probably more than any other movie. I haven't it's seen it. It's one of my all time favorite movies. So
2: I need to rewatch it. But I just, I remember it being very good. I remember rewatching it over and over on VHS. Um,
1: we have a friend who's obsessed with it. We um, do. Um, yeah, Lauren. It. Shout out. Shout out to Lauren Webber if you listen to this. Hopefully she is. Please <laughs> she, listen. Yeah, she's what, got like collectibles and everything.
2: <laughs> what in particular just draws you to it?
0: Oh, it, as a kid, it was just the cartoons and the you know awesome idea of humans and cartoons interacting. Co-existing. That just yeah, that definitely yeah. captured my imagination as a kid. Looking back on it, and now uh, being older, it's. Uh, f- like we talked about earlier, the appreciation for how difficult that job was must have been for everybody, and just how amazingly they blended the different worlds together. I mean, mm-hmm. the piano scene oh, is I awesome. Know. It's so much fun. It, it's just... just
2: simple scenes where uh, Roger Rabbit just running around, like knocking stuff over, picking up a glass or whatever. You're like, as a kid, especially, you're like, how are they doing this? And then
0: you, <laughs> you dive into like the fascination of behind the scenes of. You know, these are two studios that were at war with one another, mm-hmm. technically speaking, yeah. for years. And they're, they agreed to have their characters used, and they had to have equal playing time. Because if you see the one scene where he's falling through the sky, uh, that's the. The scene where Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are there, and they're both on this. When they're both on the screen, they're on the screen for the same. They both appear at the same time, and they both disappear at the same time. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, it's it's because neither one was going to be like, hey, no, my guy's going to," you know, like exactly. (laughs) So it's like, all right, we're we're just going to be even. But yeah, no, that's that's one of my all time favorite movies. You want to go Die Hard?
1: Yeah, because I know that's yours, and you're going to talk forever. Yeah. So I actually couldn't choose just one. Uh
2: You have thirty-seven of them?
1: <laughs> no <laughs> No, I have four.
2: Okay.
1: Um Beetlejuice, um, A Nightmare right. on Elm Street four, The Dream Master, Night of the Demons, and Die Hard. And the other ones, I mean, everybody knows Beetlejuice, so I don't have to talk about that. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, so um same with Elm Street, but I mean I can always talk about that too, but um then it would be never ending if I talked about Freddy. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well at least just like clue us in on what makes that one better than some of the other ones. Because I'm sure that like Jeff said this on one of the last episodes that are brought it up that it's well known that in the Star Trek community it's like every other movie is the bad one and a good one it's like vice versa they put out a good one they put out a bad one is it the well, same way with it, freddy or is like four just happens to be no, personal well, for you or is no everyone actually, that one?
1: actually the third one is my favorite okay but um i really do like four as well but it's funny because so you have the first one which is just iconic the second one don't get me wrong i love it but it's
2: <laughs> it kind of breaks from the what was set up in the first one yeah they they do a little bit of like backtracking with how freddy works and it kind of broke like the myths of him
1: yeah so and then the third one was my favorite and the fourth one and then the fifth one i didn't care for so it kind of like you know for me that's how it goes but i don't know the fourth one was just i felt like it well it started with the third one but it still stuck with the you know, typical Freddy, you know, how he is, unlike in the second one where, you know, it it kind of breaks from what he normally, how he normally is. But, I mean, I, I just love the cast in the fourth one. I've met a lot of the cast from, well, a lot of the movies, but I, I don't know. I just, I had to mention that because it's Freddy.
2: What were the other movies you had on there?
1: For favorite? Uh-huh. Uh, Night of the Demons.
2: You need to talk about that because I know that Aaron doesn't well, know anything about it. No. Well, and that, a lot that's... of people that are listening probably don't know a whole lot about
1: it. No, but I'll talk about that later because I have that further down.
2: Okay. i okay. table um, that one.
1: And then I don't have to talk about Die Hard because Jeff's going to talk about Die Hard. Yeah,
2: all right. <laughs> Favorite of 1988 is definitely Die Hard. So there's a lot of history that goes into uh, how Die Hard came to be and... Um, It was based off of a book. Um, There was a guy that wrote a series of books about this detective. And there actually was a first movie. People don't know that Die Hard is technically a sequel. Um, The first movie was called The Detective. And it starred uh, old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra. Whom Jeff also loves. And I love, yeah, I love Sinatra (laughs) as well. So he. Was in that movie, and I think it came out in like 68 or something like that. And they had plans to do this sequel movie, and he was going to star in it. So he was actually supposed to be the star of Die Hard. The movie kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, The book that it's based off of is called Nothing Lasts Forever. And I've read the book. And the book is very similar to what this is it's in a high rise and there's guys that take over it and there's this detective that uh is trying to end them being in there and and the main pieces that change from the book to the movie is that it's not his wife it's actually his daughter and he's much older so he's not the age that bruce willis would be in this film um and the terror they're actual terrorists it's not people trying to rob money out of a a company so they actually were terrorists the book is much more brutal than the movie um it there's usually is there's scenes in it that i was like kind of cringing at because i was like that is a vivid description of killing somebody the other thing is that all the terrorists weren't just male. It was male and female. So he was killing male and female terrorists within the building. Um, But for me, that film is the epitome of what like modern action eventually became to be. It's also a Christmas classic for me. I watch it every Christmas. It yeah, is it's a, a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. <laughs> it absolutely, it, and Bruce Willis said that it was not, but I absolutely believe that that's a christmas movie um
0: yeah but bruce willis has like a vested stake in it not being a christmas movie because the more they play it throughout the year the more money oh i know yeah like if they just play it during christmas that's like
2: cutting his revenue (laughs) by like 75
1: percent. we definitely watch it all all year but (laughs) But every christmas um, we have to watch it i watched
2: uh you know family matters growing up and and that you know had carl winslow um And just like all the – even the secondary characters that were throughout that film were all great characters. Yeah, I mean from first kill to last, every, every action scene is just like this is so cool, especially growing up in the 90s watching that movie over and over again. A young impressionable kid. Yeah, it's imprinted on my brain. <laughs> and all the spoofs, Family Guy, you know, Bob's yeah, Burger. Everybody
0: spoofed it. Like I, I am very much aware that I'm like the one guy
2: on the outside who's like, ah, and that no doesn't that doesn't matter. You, yeah. have, you have your opinions on movies, and you, you it might be something that you watch <laughs> later on in life, and you're like, you know what. It's
0: actually pretty good. He stopped. He, like, two seconds stopped himself from being like, I know you're entitled to your opinion, but it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> um, no, um, the, the only question I had that I wanted to ask on top of what you said was, did you play the video game?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I know yes. that's iconic, too. Yes. And it was very difficult, but it was extremely fun. Oh, the I'm way sure. that they designed it top-down, um, very similar to the um, the first uh, GTA mm-hmm. games. And you you go in and collect grenades and key cards to get into the the elevators and go up to the top, and then you go to the top and the helicopters there shooting at you, and you gotta shoot down the helicopter. there's there, that game was awesome <laughs> all right,
0: we're gonna move right along into comedies now. This one was a tough one. there was a lot of i mean and I think this goes along with a theme that we've talked about before uh with these older movies um so many good comedies I I couldn't like you like you couldn't pick one just one earlier Kim I I couldn't pick just one here I had to go with Coming to America and Bull Durham yeah I haven't seen Bill Durham oh okay I thought you were going to say you haven't seen either and I was like no he actually
1: he loves Coming to America
2: (laughs) I think Coming to America (laughs) the fuck who it's one of the most quotable movies of Absolutely. all time. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Every time we talk about boxing, white man got to bring up Rocky Lossi. <laughs> <Boston. laughs> I put uh, Come Into America, but only because, it, I mean, obviously it's a classic, but I actually haven't seen a lot of comedies from 88, so. Really? I don't think I have either.
0: All right, cool. Well, you guys can get your pen and pencils ready because I'll just like yeah. run yeah. off the ones that I <laughs> love from this. And, uh, but yeah, no, coming to America, you're totally right. It's one of the most quotable, um, my dad and I g- going growing up went back and forth all the time on the one line where, um, it was, uh, what Eddie Murphy tells the guy, he tells the manager about the football game that happens and yeah. the manager just looks at him and he's like, you better stay off them drugs. <laughs> you know, just that was like, anytime one of us like stumbled over something or like said something stupid we were like you better stay off those drugs. Like it just... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best movies. And then, young, young, Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah. He's the mm-hmm. robber. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I see, neither one of you guys see Bull Durham. It's understandable. You guys aren't really a huge sports fan. So, but oh, it's Bull, a sports movie? Yes, Bull okay. Durham is a sports movie. It's uh, Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon, and um, Kevin Costner. Oh, Tim, like Tim Robbins. Yeah, Tim lot. Robbins. Is a young pitcher. Kevin Coster has been in the minors for years. It's like when they poll. Baseball players of like, what's their favorite baseball movie? Most of the time, Bull Durham comes out, number one, because it was written by a former minor league player, oh, okay. so it's like, it's they say it's the most faithful to the game. Lots of funny lines. I'm sure Rocco right now is like, Do you know, it's our say Bull Durham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so anyway, honorable mentions that I had here. Um, like I said, so many good um, comedies. Funny Farm, which is a Chevy Chase movie, super funny, I think. Uh, Married to the Mob is another funny movie. Um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. uh, That one's probably my favorite from here. The Great Outdoors is Dan Aykroyd and um, John Candy. Midnight Run. Is great Robert De Niro, The Naked Gun. We talked about that earlier, and then Twins. We talked about
2: that earlier. Can as well. we talk just briefly about Vampires Kiss? Oh my god! I have oh, no. not seen the movie. No, I've never seen that. But the the memes I've seen clips and the memes that exist on the internet for that movie. That have you ever seen the scene where he's like yelling out the alphabet to his therapist? Probably. <laughs>
0: so if you're but, if you're saying it's a meme like that's yeah. popular I'm sure I've seen it and didn't even realize
2: that that's, that's what, it what was. that's from yeah. but um, I I looked up and I've like I said I've never seen it but I was looking up what, what possessed somebody to make this movie and it turns out that the screenwriter was like super depressed at the time and he was with a girl and she said something along the lines of, let's go to like Barbados and like get you out of this funk. And so they go to Barbados and he was still being down in in the dumps. And she's like, I'm going back to New York. You need to write a screenplay and get this out or whatever. And she meant write a screenplay based in Barbados so that they can come back to Barbados and like film the movie and hang out and and relax. And he writes it about New York and they end up having to go back to New York. And it's like, he wrote it about being depressed and (laughs) like, like, (laughs) <laughs> and they say write what you know, right? <laughs> so it, I want to see it. it. If you even just look up the previews for it, it's it's outrageous. It, it just—do you know the premise of it? No, tell so, us. So basically, he is—I uh, believe he's a writer—and he uh, goes out with a girl who he believes is a vampire that that bites his neck. And he believes he's becoming a vampire, but it's like a slow descent into madness. Mm. And then he's like, one of the famous scenes from it is he's running down the street. He got those dollar store vampire teeth, the plastic ones. He puts them in his mouth and he's running down the street. He's like, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nicolas Uh, (laughs) Cage.
2: But apparently it's a dark comedy and it's not a lot more to it than just the ridiculousness of it. Oh, I'm sure. So... All right. Well, I'll definitely have to check it out. He's either a, a phenomenal actor or the worst actor ever. I can't decide ever with Nicolas Cage.
0: Oh, I think he's a phenomenal actor who just has horrible taste in choice, choosing movies, or he's got a bad agent yeah, or something. Yeah, he needs a new agent. He, <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like he's one of those guys, like he's a baseball player where it's like gambling he's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That, or he's just like when he gets up, he's either hitting a home run or he's striking out, you know? Like, um, All right, so that's comedies, action thrillers. You guys both have Die Hard for that, or do you have something else you're going to surprise us?
1: I had Die Hard. You had
0: Die Hard? I had Die Hard. You did. (laughs) I figured. I figured. That's why I... um, Well, I wasn't going to go Die Hard either. Uh, Anyway, but I I had a trouble between choosing two movies, because... I didn't feel like, I mean, outside of Die Hard, that's the one that really stands out. But I didn't feel like there was that many really good action thriller movies that I had seen uh, that came out this year. But uh, the two that really stuck out to me was They Live, which we talked about, John Carpenter, Rod Roddy Piper, awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And uh, The Deadpool, which is a dirty, hairy uh, Clint Eastwood movie. I love that movie. I think that was one of those ones where my dad, like, as soon as he could, was like,
2: watch this movie. I love this movie. Here. He kills a bunch of people. I haven't seen too much uh, of Clint Eastwood's, like, earlier stuff. Um, we had just, in the past year or two, saw a movie that he did that came out in the 90s, and it was a quite, quite a long movie, but it, I was impressed. It was, like, a really good, solid movie, so I'm interested to see more of his earlier stuff. Yeah, I love I love Clint Eastwood.
0: I, I, I'm kind of like you. I haven't seen that much of his older stuff, but I've seen a Unforgiven. lot of... Unforgiven.
2: Was that what it was? I think Western. that's what it
1: was called. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it is a really long movie. Um, I'm, But I'm like, you. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his older stuff, but I've seen pretty much most of his stuff that he's directed and most of his stuff that's come out in the more recent years. Uh, a couple other uh, movies I just wanted to mention here, my honorable mentions, uh, was <laughs> these are like So Bad They're Good movies that's what i felt like there was more and deadpool the the deadpool is kind of one of those movies it's yeah. not a great movie but it's like he kills a bunch of people and he kills them in like ridiculous ways so it, it's entertaining but another one is Alien Nation. do you guys remember that will smith netflix movie called bright that came out where yeah. It was like oh yeah mixture? yeah i swear to god they ripped that movie 100% off alienation because that's what the premise of this movie is for the most part is aliens come to earth and they have this quarantine period of like, I think it's three or four years and now they start mingling with our society and it takes place many years after they've been mingling. And one of there's a, A cop, and he tears up with one of the aliens. I can't remember what they call the aliens in the movie, but it's literally pretty much the same movie, (laughs) except Bright looks a hell of a lot better because this came out in 1988. But I like seeing this movie just because James Caan is literally just... Um, what's his face? What's his character in The Godfather? See, he's literally Sonny with an alien. Like, he's Sonny, and he's a cop now, (laughs) and he's got an alien partner. Like, he's a dick, womanizer. Uh, Um, Blood Spore, I already talked about that one. John claude Van Damme, so good it's bad. Colors, which is a uh, Robert Duvall and Sean Penn movie, where Robert Duvall is a grizzled veteran cop, and Sean Penn is his, like, young, up-and-coming, shoot-first kind of guy. It's, uh, yeah, so bad it's good. One part Robert Duvall's like, you're nothing but a gangster. You're just like these thugs on the street. And it's like, they break it down so much, too. It's like, they're killing each other over red and blue. It's like, I'm, I'm sure those are the colors, but it's a little bit more complicated than that, I'm
2: sure.
0: <laughs> um, there may be some drugs involved. Um, but the last one, and this is where I talked about it. I said I was going to talk about it. Above the law, Steven Seagal. Oh, boy. It <laughs> is terrible. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's former military. He's got family and the mob. Oh, and he's a cop. And he doesn't play by the rules. Like, I, lit- I think I watched the trailer earlier because I said I couldn't watch the
2: actual movies. These trailers are the best.
0: It starts where he says, he's a cop. And-, and then he's like, there's no justice except for my justice. And then he punches the guy in the face and he's like, Oh, you well, we wonder why we don't trust cops. He's like, There's no justice but my justice. Bah bah, bah. Like, it's it's so bad. But it's
2: Taste the fist of my justice. Yeah.
0: And his hair, it's just let it go, man. Like he's balding. And it's you know it's, it's a great example of why you need better people in your life. You need people who actually care
2: people about call you. Call you out and be yeah. like, Look, dude, not a good look. Yeah.
0: Just let it go. <laughs> just let it go. All right. Anybody else have any honorable mention action thriller movies that they wanted to say? I mean, you guys picked Die Hard for your top. Anybody, any other ones? No. Like I said, it was a tough movie. It was a tough year for action. It's a great year for drama, though, so I'll move right on to that. You guys, you guys, one of you guys go first.
1: I, okay. I actually didn't have anything for that.
2: I wrote Rain Man down.
0: Yeah. I figured we'd all have Rain Man as number one,
2: but do you guys have any other honorable mention ones that you...
1: I don't Honestly, think I've seen a whole lot from the As theater. far as drama,
2: yeah, I didn't really see a whole lot. I, I know that um, you had mentioned Mississippi Burning. Um, that's one that I wanted to see and have not. Um, that's really Stand, a really good movie. Stand and Deliver was one of those films that I think everyone who has gone to an American high school has probably seen. Yep. At some point, <laughs>
0: some substitute teacher wheeled it some,
2: in. Yep, it came in, and, and you know, regardless of what year it was, it was on VHS. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, that I had that one here. Um, I feel like I don't know if I watched this since Cool or not, but I feel like it's in the same vein of some of the of that movie as Gorillas in the Mist. No, which no, is no, no. Uh, it's not Jane Goodall, but it's the other ape monkey lady who saved. No, I love okay. A bunch of African apes. It was Sigourney Weaver is the woman who plays the movie, but I feel like that's one of those movies that uh you saw somewhere like either summer camp or something. I just I remember, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember where.
2: Would we I mean it's I can't it's kind of listed as a drama. Would we call a cocktail a drama? I I wouldn't
0: and I didn't have it listed here. I mean, I I like the movie, but yeah, I I don't I don't really think what it's a drama. What would you consider
1: it since I haven't seen it? I think it's I
0: guess it is a drama. I mean, it is like it's a it's coming a, of age story it's to a romance, yeah, to a certain degree. I mean, yeah. he's not really coming of age, he's realizing yeah. that he's yeah. not going anywhere, but then you yeah, know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I guess it is a drama. Some of the other movies I had, you mentioned Mississippi Burning Tequila Sunrise is another movie that I had here. Um, it's a pretty good movie, uh. Grows in the Mist, I already said. Stand and Delivery, you talked about that. A Cry in the Dark, which is a Meryl Streep movie about, uh, that's you know, where the term Dingo Ate My Baby came from. <laughs> that's that woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Clean and Sober, which is uh, Batman gets his act together and gets clean and sober. Have, you seen,
2: <laughs> have you seen uh, The Last Temptation of Christ? No, I have I not. I haven't seen that either, and I know that I, I would like to
0: pretty sure it's willem Dafoe. he's jesus in that one
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's a tough role to play
2: yeah i mean playing the uh savior of humanity (laughs) it's kind of tough (laughs)
0: um i i know that i've i've read in polices that that is that was one of martin scorsese's first movies that didn't do well like, it wasn't a real huge success. I think it has, like, now has a cult following and people say it's a good movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Right. But I know, like, that was one of the first ones where it was like, oh, what's
2: Martin doing? Is he going to be one of those guys who makes artsy-fartsy Jesus movies? I think that just marketing that movie is difficult. Any any Jesus movie is going to be difficult to market yeah, absolutely. as an outright Jesus story movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, all right. So, dramas. That was dramas. Animated movies.
1: Lamb before time.
0: I knew this one was gonna be split. I knew there
2: was gonna be I was be...
1: a huge fan. I had all of those movies. Did I? Had
2: every single one on I, VHS.
0: I
1: figured at le- I figured at least but somebody
2: <laughs> was gonna be Land Before Time and Rabbit as my favorite, but I honorable mention Lamb Before Time because that was definitely on repeat in my house.
0: Oh for sure. Yeah. But the thing is only the first one's good.
2: Oh, I know. Like only, only the yeah, first yeah, one. Only on the is first memorable. one is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All of the other ones are but so it, bad. But it was one of those things where your parents are like, oh, you like the first one? Let's get all yep, of the yeah. directed VHS, VHS ones. And, <laughs> and when was it was $4, came out, I'm my sure. parents
1: were like, oh, here's another one. Here's another one.
2: <laughs> and we Let all had the back. toys and our stuffies. Yep. Like, Let me take like, you I mean, back. I remember, I mean, I must have been like two or three or something like that. This is a very early memory of me being in the cart at the Circuit City and seeing that on one of the televisions at Circuit City and, and like, pointing at it. I remember that. That's, like, a very vivid early memory of mine. So it must have come out on VHS, and they were playing it to promote it at That's Circuit so City, and I, I apparently stored that in my brain somewhere. Well, that also I dinosaurs. That. Yeah. I mean,
1: dinosaur movies are always cool. I
2: had the song still. Do you I know mean, the yeah. ter- do you want me to ruin the movie for you? Yes, please. You've
1: probably told me this already, but go ahead.
2: Okay, let's ruin it.
1: Oh, I think I know what you're gonna talk about.
2: I'm not gonna talk about it. No, I don't so please, <laughs> no. talk- so
1: please talk about it.
2: You can't leave me all hanging so, here. So the little girl that plays Ducky.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
2: Oh one. her yeah her
0: her dad shot her <laughs> yeah. and for the money or whatever Yeah, yeah. killed her
2: yeah, yeah. and she, she was it was like a, a year or two after the film came out or something like that I totally
1: forgot about that, and I was sitting here thinking, oh, we should make Scarlet watch that movie, and now I'm depressed. Thanks. (laughs) Yep,
2: yep. All right. (laughs) Well, um, yeah,
0: so... (laughs) On a
1: happier note. (laughs) We have
0: one for um, Land Before Time, we have two for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and this is, I mean, it's 88. Jeff and I talked about this on all our uh, older episodes. I mean, back then, they just weren't putting out animated movies like they do now. It was a lot more
2: expensive to make. I mean, even in context of making a movie in general, it was just more difficult, more proprietary... Um, components that had to be bought and used i mean how much more difficult was it to shoot on film edit on film work on film and and use all of that equipment in order to make a film it was it was just more cumbersome than it is now that's why you've got so many movies that just come out every year i mean you've got if you go worldwide literally thousands of movies come out every year
0: yeah yeah i know you perfectly summed it up there um, this is what I'm really interested to hear from you guys about. The guilty pleasure. What's your guilty pleasures
2: of nineteen eighty eight? Big. Big and cocktail. I have cocktails, one honorable mention. <laughs> I love big. It's just it's corny, it's good fun, it's like what it, it kinda if you haven't seen that, but you've seen modern movies like Shazam, Shazam is like Kind of like an equivalent to that where, like, what if a kid was suddenly thrust into an adult body? What ridiculous things would they do with the ability to be an adult? I'm a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. I just thought it was so funny. Um, And
0: I I totally get it. Big, Big was great the the trampoline in the house. I mean, like
2: every you watch that at a certain age, you're just like that sounds awesome. I mean, it, I it, when that. you when you play back iconic scenes like at the Oscars and stuff, it seems like they always put the uh, piano mat scene in a playback of great movie scenes, and that being from Big, it's like I think people just know Big.
0: Yeah, play it while you can, because uh, old Mister Hanksy. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, Guilty pleasure for 1988.
1: So I went the horror route. Halloween for the return of Michael Myers.
2: Doesn't he return in every one of them? I was just about to say, what does he return from? I
0: he go seen on vacation? Him. I've seen Freddy versus
1: Jason. That's it. <laughs> um, I a lot of people give the fourth and the fifth one crap, but I I love I love all the Halloweens. It, well, except for the Curse of Michael Myers, because I don't. And, and the third one, because I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. There's a lot of people who love the third one and I just don't get it. But all the other ones I love. But I don't know. The The fourth one is a guilty pleasure for me and I just love What's the premise of the
2: fourth What is the?
1: So that is when you find out about Michael Myers' niece, Jamie. Oh,
2: yeah. I have. I mean, I've seen them all, but I get them mixed up because she watches them more than I do.
0: She, he needs her? Is that what you he meets her? Oh, meets her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's on Jamie Lee Curtis, right?
1: No, his, uh, so she's not in that one. Oh. So it's supposed to be, so so, Jamie is her name in the movie. And it's um, Michael Myers' niece, who is supposed to be Jamie Lee Curtis' character, Lori. Okay. Supposed to be her daughter. Okay. But the little girl is with the foster family and... They kind of like you know, dig into it's a that crazy and murdering
2: family and, yeah. and, and all
1: of that. And then, yeah, so you know, and the government knows what's best. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> any other ones? Do you have any other?
1: Um, I mean, I have some honorable mentions down below uh, that I mean I could get to when we get there, but
0: no, yeah, share because I was just about to say I already talked about my guilty pleasure of this year's Bloodsport. I that's like. If you just if you grew up in a certain house, like your dad was like, you're gonna watch this movie. This is so cool. Look where he does this thing. Like
2: (laughs) you know, so it was like I watched that all the time. Every generation has those like turn your brain off action just. This is going to be violent and we're going to enjoy this movie. Yeah. And I like those a, a lot. I yeah. like I like watching those those jam-packed action movies where it's like, wow, none of this makes any sense and none of this would ever happen, but this is cool that you thought it could.
0: <laughs> and I'm telling you, scientists of the world, if you can find a pill for all of us to take to where we can look 75% as good as Jean-Claude Van Damme does in that movie... <laughs> make a million dollars because we'd all be buying it. He is so shredded. But uh, so, what are your uh, honorable mean, mentions? I um,
1: mean, so I mean these are guilty pleasures, but also uh, favorites. But um, Child's Play, the first Child's Play movie came out. Figured somebody was going to bring that one up. I saw that one. Well, uh, the director Tom Holland, I'm a big fan of because I'm a big fan of Fright Night, and he had done Fright Night prior to doing Child's Play. So.
2: And Tom Holland, he's a genuinely cool guy yeah, on the internet. He's like, amazing. he's very good to his fans. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's a clarification with on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I mean, I've, yeah. I've never met him in person. Have, you, have we met him? We've we met never him met ever. him,
1: but he. remember I did get that video because I have oh, a Fright yeah. Night group on Facebook. That's how oh, I'm obsessed awesome it. Plug it, Kim. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Fright Night. Dot, dot, for real, on Facebook. <laughs> Join. We're so fun. Um, no, and uh, he's actually in the group. Um, he doesn't, he used to actually, he used to, like, comment on stuff and reply, but he doesn't anymore. But, um, you know, he's a busy man, I guess. <clears throat> <laughs> no, somebody actually. Somebody tag him. The <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> somebody actually recently, I think it was last year, uh, went to a horror convention, met him mentioned me in the group and recorded him giving a shout out to me and it like totally made me cry (laughs) oh my god that is so
0: that is so cool
1: (laughs) um that's an
0: amazing thing about horror movies to me like i'm so like on the outside of that that it's i mean it's just like anything else it's such a it's a
2: community you know i mean I'm, i'm on the outside of it too but i get to peek into that world and, and be a part of it. Because I'm, I'm in the group as well. I'm not very active in it because I don't really have anything to add or, or say or, or I'm not researching it or anything like that. But a lot of people will share art or uh, something fun or, you know, little quizzes or, or things like we'll just that. Just
1: even talk about specific scenes.
2: And and it's, it's very active. Uh, the horror community is a very welcoming and fun community to be a part of. Um, just going to the conventions and stuff that we've gone to. And, you know, I've interviewed people that have done, you know, horror art or have been involved with horror movies and stuff like that, Um, just doing stuff on, like, my personal YouTube and all of that. Uh, But, yeah, it's – like you said, it's like every other – thing where you don't really realize it but they're a huge community there's a lot of people that follow this stuff
0: yeah it reminds me a lot of i mean it's obviously completely different but it reminds me a lot of the wrestling community oh yeah it's like you oh, don't yeah. realize until you like dive full in it's like wow there is a shit ton of people really <laughs> into this. um but all right so child's play what are some of your other ones that you have listed
1: um well speaking of fright night uh the second one came out in 88 and I- i'll admit um i like the second one but i'm not I never really was a huge fan of it just because I love the first one so much. It's hard for me to watch the second one and still love it as much. But um, I do like it. I do think that it's good. And uh, they actually came out with a Fright Night documentary recently. And they talked, you know, they went in, to a lot of detail of making that movie, um, and it gave me a lot more respect for that movie. <laughs> I
2: love stuff like that. Those those movies, I'm if you want to watch like great practical effects, that those two movies are really great. The first one in particular, but the second one's great as well. But yeah. the practical effects within those, and especially if you get a chance to watch the documentary about all of it, it's it's really eye opening to like filmmaking, especially horror filmmaking in that time frame. I'm right. sure one day I'll watch it. I'll get a girlfriend and she'll be into it. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I put I also put Pumpkinhead, which is kind of funny because um I have a friend who who loves Pumpkinhead and uh I had actually never seen it until uh when did I watch it babe like 2 months ago or so? It wasn't
2: long ago. I know you you had me get it for you not that long ago.
1: <laughs> and I loved it. Like, it was so cheesy, but I loved the idea of it because, um...
2: What's the premise? I don't even know what it's about, to be honest.
1: So, basically, it's this demon that, uh, you can arise to, like, kill people for you. Oh. (laughs) So, uh, this father, he's a, um, single parent who has a young son, and he owns, like, a, like, a shop, um... And a bunch of young kids are like going on vacation and they come to the shop to get supplies and all that. Oh, and God. they run, okay. they, they, while they're waiting um, for whatever they were getting, they had like dirt bikes and stuff. And they like on the other side of the store, there was like mountains and just a bunch of dirt roads and all. And they were riding their dirt, their dirt bikes and they hit the kid and they ended up killing him. So the dad goes to this witch lady who can make this pumpkin head demon rise up, (laughs) and he basically did that so that way he would kill the kids who killed his son. For those
2: meddling kids, and then it (laughs) all goes downhill from there.
1: It was good, like it was cheesy, but I I love cheesy horror anyway. But I just is that another
2: one with like a lot of practical effects and stuff. Well,
1: I mean. Yeah, because Pumpkinhead in itself. Okay. But yeah. I mean, was that
2: puppeted? Was it a, a puppet?
1: Um, or was it
2: a man in a suit? Or was it both? I'm not sure. It's probably know. a little. Probably, bit of both. Yeah, I your close I feel up like shots like, are probably. Yeah,
1: you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: well, if we're talking about cheese at eighty eight, I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space was eighty eight. Oh, oh. So
1: we, this so the same girl that loves Pumpkinhead loves Killer like obsessed with Killer she's Clowns.
2: Like, I don't know if she's the top person that collects that. Memorabilia, but she's she's met the the brothers that she's did the put film. Some, she's put some coin in somebody's she, pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's been a part of. Oh yeah, a lot of that. She's
1: got stuff that people can't get.
2: She's got I, like original like masks and stuff like she's got ridiculous stuff.
1: Screen like um
2: screen used props like the gun or something like that. She's got
1: and the uh, a jacket that um <laughs> she's. I, the jacket is something that would, like somebody on set wore or something.
2: Yeah, she's got a lot of and stuff. And so
1: she got it for really cheap on eBay, and I think the person who had it didn't realize what they had, and she snagged it up real quick. And Oh, yeah, she's got some pretty cool stuff. That movie for me just stands out
0: because I saw it not the whole thing, but I just saw like in, you know a snippet of you know a scene or something at the right age where it was scary. I probably was like four or five, and uh-huh. it's just always been implanted to my mind. So I just remember like oh, I was scared it's of that at one cheese. point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if I would have saw it like four or five years yeah. later, I'd be like, what the hell is this? this is, like, <laughs> but like I was
1: like, oh. Ah. Well, I never saw it until a few years ago, and it's because of Amber why I saw it, but. Mostly because I don't like clowns. I am terrified of clowns. Yeah, I don't like clowns. But, but see, these clowns, although they are kind of creepy to me, but it, the movie is so, like, cheesy that they're not really that scary to me, so I can actually watch it. <laughs>
0: you guys know the clown at White Marsh, White Marsh Mall? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time I was, was in high school and I was walking around and my buddy and I we were with some girls, and the clown just came up to one of the girls, and I was like, what
1: the
2: fuck? <laughs> and the
0: girl was like, "Oh, it's my grandmother." I was like, "Dude, Dude give oh, somebody a shout yeah, out, bro." Like, that's
2: so weird because I went to um <laughs> the
0: then, just then, comes over. I like,
2: "What the hell?" <laughs> then I I knew her brother then. Because I I knew a guy that that was his grandmother. I, I went to Civil Air Patrol with a guy that that was his grandmother. That's so weird. Yeah,
0: so small. I mean, that's it, not surprising. It's a small world. I mean, that's yeah.
2: It's not the closest
1: mall. Anytime we went to the mall, I'd walk past her like this. Yep. she just <laughs> she <laughs> was the sweetest lady. She was so oh, sweet, sure and was. I I feel bad for being afraid of her, but yeah. I don't do clowns. Yeah, no, all right. Um, <laughs> I have two more. All right. One I won't talk about, and that's who Framed Roger Rabbit*, and that's just because obviously we all love that movie. But the other one I have to talk about is a Is it a Mac mo- and Me? No. <laughs> no. No. Um, <laughs> it's a movie called Ghost House.
2: Ah, uh, yep.
1: So this was an Italian horror film that was overdubbed with English, so it's totally terrible. Oh, God. Now, there's a story behind this movie. So when I was... Younger, I, I've i always loved horror movies ever since I was little. Even if they scared me, I would st- I would have nightmares. But then the next day, I'd watch it again anyway. I just didn't care. I don't <laughs> understand. <her at> all. <laughs> it's
2: torture. <laughs> so
1: so this movie was one of those movies that would terrify me. Now, if you watched it now, you'd be like, "Why the hell did this scare you?" Because we recently watched it. I found it's a very low budget, hard movie to find. Okay, she we didn't found- know the name of it. No. I'm getting (laughs) We found it, watch it recently. It's so bad. But anyway, so when I was a kid, so I I think my uncle had it because my uncle had like all these weird like movies stored away. And when he lived with my grandmother and I would just find them and I would watch them. Well, somehow it ended up at our house and I used to watch it and I'd have nightmares. And my mom, like if my parents went away, my brother like went to the store or something. My brother was watching me. She would hide the movie and say, don't let her watch this movie. (laughs) And I would still find it and I would watch it. So for years, and I remembered, I couldn't remember what the movie was called, but I remembered what the VHS front and back looked like. Because you remember the VHS covers, they had very descriptive pictures on the back. And I remember being freaked out by these images, okay? So (laughs) fast forward to many many years and now it was probably what it was when i was still modeling it was probably like was five, or, five, so five or so years ago, ago. Yeah. so i i'm waiting for to to do my photo shoot and i'm sitting in a chair and i was you know bored so i had my phone out and i was looking on i believe it was ebay i was on there looking for something don't ask me what i was looking for but it had nothing to do with this movie for some reason and I had searched for this movie for years. I even went in Suncoast when it was in the mall. Tried to describe uh, the movie from what I could remember we to did, the we guys went in there. We
2: several times All and right, tried to, to describe it. And yeah, they always looked at me
1: like I had 10 heads. And they knew like everything about every movie. So that place. So as I'm browsing eBay, I see the VHS cover. I freaked out. Of course. How much
0: was it? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Well, I didn't buy it, but okay. I was excited because then I finally found the name of the movie. You
0: screenshot, yeah. There you go.
1: So I was like, "Oh, and that's what it's called." Ghost Towns, like so generic, right? Of course. So I, you know, ended up looking it up and remembering in my head what it was about. And when we were at a horror convention a few years back. There's a lot of people there that sell like they make DVDs of like low budget films and stuff.
2: So they take the VHS and they boot them onto onto a DVD.
1: A DVD yeah, so and it they has sell the same them for VHS cheap
2: quality on a DVD. Right? Is that legal? I don't know. Probably must,
1: not. <laughs> well,
0: you yeah. are well, not giving the, names. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was just thinking well, it must be because I can't imagine the festival could be held somewhat liable if they're allowing those people. Right. To sell well, they're an individual are.
2: company, and I think that <laughs> they probably license these. Low budget movies yeah. for that fact that they can get yeah. the and they sell them, or there's they, some kind of loop. They sell them like, for like
1: yeah. three, four, five dollars. Like they're cheap. So this one, it was like $2 or something. I was like, I saw, we were just browsing through the movies and I saw it and I was like, oh, it was this like is in a is that corner movie. too. It
2: was like she noticed the corner of it and it was like this blue color and she's like, oh, <laughs> you were meant to have
1: that. Movie. Yes, I should have grabbed it because we have it, it somewhere. But anyway, so we <laughs> so watched bad. it and it's bad. But I figured out. After watching it, why I was so afraid of it. It is about a house that's haunted by this little girl who has a demon clown doll. And this clown, okay, so that's as cheesy... the start
2: of it all. Yeah,
1: exactly. As cheesy as this movie is, this clown doll is so scary. I don't care who it you are, creepy. this doll is creepy. That's
0: how they get you.
1: <laughs> so Gotta I had have
0: something to, that stands out.
1: I had to mention that movie because it is such a story... Like through my whole life with this movie. And I really believe that's why I'm afraid of clowns now. But.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You go talk to Dr. Melfi, The Sopranos. Oh, that's funny. I wonder, like, we need to find out. You need to find out who the director is and see if they're on Twitter and, like, t- you go just cut out that little sound bit and then send it to him. And he's like, "Wow, oh, somebody watched oh, it. Somebody actually it made watched it to America. He like, said it was terrible. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but
1: it did its job. It gave me nightmares. So. Exactly.
0: And there you go. That kind of leads us right into the next one. That's a good movie award. A movie that you feel is a good movie that not enough people have seen. <laughs> no one's seen that. <laughs> no, uh, my that's a good movie award um, is a movie called Tucker, the man in his dream. It's a Francis Ford Coppola movie. And uh, Jeff Bridges plays uh, this man, Tucker. Oh, man. I can't remember his last name. Um, but it's uh, a uh, Preston Tucker that I have written down. Uh, Jeff Bridges' movie about Preston Tucker, who was a car designer in the late forties, and uh, General Motors, and those people ran him out of business. I mean,
2: you you name names that I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great combination of people. So yeah, exactly, sounds good. Mine was Night of the Demons.
1: Really? Yeah. I think a lot of people have not
2: seen... I've never even heard of it. It's a campy horror movie. If Um, you're not
1: strong into horror, then you probably wouldn't know it.
2: What I like it for is, again, I'm a big fan of practical effects and it has some really great practical effects within it. The story's a little cheese, but I think the practical effects and the... It was, for me, very ahead of its time because it was such a diverse cast, especially for a horror movie. Oh, usually yeah. it was all white teenagers, and this movie had yeah, white, black white, Asian, yeah
1: they were fat, Hispanic thin, everything yeah. they were killing
2: them all it was everybody <laughs> they killed all
0: races,
1: fat skinny <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right Kim you're uh that's a good movie award
1: um, I didn't have that on my list because you told me that later on but oh. but cause I forgot to add it, so I mean. Honestly, Night of the Demons would be one, but again, I think uh, Fright Night 2 is is another one that I think a lot of people, if you're not strong into horror, that you wouldn't see. I think see. a lot of people who
2: don't generally go for horror movies, if they had an open mind enough to like, just watch cheese horror, you would probably get some sort of joy out of it, even if it's just to like make fun of it or or kind of laugh at things. But some of the... Practical effects and stuff, I keep mentioning it, is very
1: cool. Well, it's just cool. Well, with Night of the Demons, was what was cool was they... Like, a lot of things now are so CGI. Back then, I loved that they just... Makeup. Everything was makeup. And the makeup effects that they had in Night of the Demons was awesome. Like, just the transformation of Angela, I mean...
2: Yeah, she's. If you see the cover of the film, is it the cover? Yeah, she's on it. Yeah, it's, she's it's on all of them. Cool. Yeah. Covers
1: of all yeah. of them. <laughs>
2: I'll have to check it out. All right,
0: we're gonna move right along now, and we're gonna play our game. yes that movie. I'm excited about this one because one, we have two participants. Oh, though boy. I'm fairly certain you're gonna get one of them. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, I'm uh, I'm going a little bit out of order here. <clears throat> but uh, all right, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about Guess That Movie today. We got two participants, and I I couldn't just pick one. I had to pick three, so you can guess a couple different Three movies. guesses? Yes. Okay. I might suck well, at, no, this, it's, it's, at this
1: year, though. I
0: think you're going to get at least the first one. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the next two, you'll be like, oh. All right, here, there's our first movie. Carol Ann is staying with her aunt in a high-rise building where the supernatural forces haunting her make their return.
1: Poltergeist 3.
2: I figure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carol <Ann>. All right. <laughs> Carol Ann just gives it away it anyway.
2: Carol Ann. <laughs> I just wouldn't have known that it was the third one.
0: All right, number two.
1: Blank is
0: now a small-town farmer with a fiance. But when a traveling circus comes to town, he finds himself falling for the trapeze artist.
2: Is that the... Is it the John Candy movie? No? I don't know what that is then. Think
0: about a childhood... You know, in a star. Because he wasn't a child, but something that was a popular for children or young adults at that time. Not a, not a clue. Okay. Not a Picked clue. a big... Big Top Pee-wee.
2: Oh, oh good
0: lord. Oh. No, I've not seen
1: any. Yeah, I, I forgot I that a Pee-wee watch. movie came out that <laughs> year. All
0: right, okay. Well, that's the case that you guys probably aren't going to get this one either. Because <laughs> blank helps Santa Claus as he, as he searches for his successor. Blank helps Santa Claus as he searches for his successor. So it's another, like, kid's thing at that time. It's Not Pee-wee, but... All right. <laughs>
2: Not a clue. Uh...
0: I told this to my mom before and once I told her, she was like, damn it. Go, I don't know. Ernest saves Christmas. Oh. Oh. Come on. <laughs> no one remembers Ernest.
1: I love, no, Ernest. I love Ernest. I know, of
0: course, but like it's like who what was the last time you thought about Ernest? <laughs> last week. <laughs> All right. Um Trends from this year. Did anybody notice any trends or anything that
2: they thought were trends? No, I said I um, a lot of uh, – it was a ton of comedies, reverent comedies, like stuff that you probably – it would it would be not controversial but difficult to get on uh, uh, in a studio right now.
0: Seven of the top ten U.S. films at the box office were comedies yeah. that year. Yep. That's exactly what I had too. Big year for comedy. And I just – to piggyback on that, I had a sad note. We didn't talk about it. The worst sequel of all time came out this year, Caddyshack 2. Oh, good lord. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, no, you're right. There's a lot of of comedies here. Um, I didn't really notice any trends really outside of that. I mean, I guess I kind of – I think my final thought kind of maybe is a trend, and I'll say this and maybe you guys can tell me I'm wrong or not. Um, I think there was a lot more risks – At the box office back at this time, or maybe just at this year. Like, I think Rain Man, if that comes out now, that is like a Netflix series you know because uh, it gives something you that they can exactly because it gives you more of an opportunity to explore the character adventure yeah yeah I get so that. i i think that's a series for sure and i, I mean you can kind of see why the business has changed too because i mean if you look at these movies how much they made at the box office and how much they're made for it was almost like they had a formula of cheaper movies smaller risk so it's a, less of a risk that you're going to lose a lot of money on the movie but it's also a medium to high payoff there's a very low chance that these movies are going to become like 100 million dollar box office hits but you're going to make your if you made it for five million just to put a number on it you're almost guaranteed to make more than that if you got the right stars and whatnot but that was
2: starting to be the onset of you know the vhs era so i mean you're thinking if you don't make your money back uh entirely at the box office you've got this new cash cow of home video that people can make money off of
0: but now if you like you fast forward to now everything's more expensive like every movie that is made that's on a box office level or box office appeal it's more expensive to make which is a higher risk but also if it hits like you're making a thousand times more money like i think it's it's why you're
2: seeing so many casts that have so many names within them because it's like Oh, we can get the crowd that loves this person, and we can get the crowd that loves this person, and then we've got a notable director. We've got so many people married to this that there's no chance that all of these people won't come out to see this.
0: And then also characters that have you know built-in appeal or niche. I mean, it's, so we talked about it. And I think on our last episodes why they're not going to ever stop making Star Wars, Marvel, DC.
2: You like make the these... movies with your wallet, exactly. I didn't see a theme for the year, but there's a lot of because um, there, there is a lot of representation for every genre. There was like a lot of stuff with the exception of of the animated films but we have talked about that at length um but i did notice a lack of pure comedies a lot of were were mixed genre movies it, it wasn't just like this is the focus of of the comedy it's like a romantic comedy or like your sports comedy or you know th- there was there was a lot of not pure comedy
0: yeah no you're that's, that's a good observation i think you're right and i think that was probably done in terms of a cross appeal, you right. like you're thinking you're going to get the guy in here because it's going to be funny, but it's also got something else for his date or you know. Yeah, right. Like, as, it, I think we talked about this at a later episode too. Is one of the things you notice with these movies is that you notice how much movies going going to the movies was you know ingrained into dating and like oh you yeah. know, it just went to the movies a lot more you know.
2: And then it, I mean, we're talking this is what pre PG thirteen era. Yeah. So you're talking about um movies that were less geared towards families and it was more geared towards the couple and that was the thing and i think that stems from earlier on when you're talking about drive-in movie theaters it was the date thing it was a date night you go out to see the movie because you're going to be smooching in the car (laughs) and then it became once you get the rating system in such a way that it gears it more towards getting that pg-13 or lower rating then you've got Families that want to come in and see these movies and they feel more comfortable bringing their younger kids to a movie that's PG 13 because they know that there's not going to be gratuitous stuff in it.
0: I mean, a lot of people smooching in the car tonight. Benji's was effing packed. I had a hard <laughs> time getting here today. Are they
1: still playing Spaceballs? I don't
0: know. I didn't see <laughs> Star what did, Wars. I didn't, I didn't see what was uh, last on the weekend. They,
1: they were playing. um Spaceballs and, and Star Wars, which is hilarious, yeah. but my dad said he was like, you should have seen the line for that movie, and Uh-oh. I'm like, because who wouldn't want to see either one of those at the drive-in?
0: Exactly, and who doesn't want to get out of the house at this point? Right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Alright, uh, Kim, do you have any final thoughts on
1: 1988? Um, I was just going to... I wanted to say for uh, the movie that I haven't seen that I want... I would want to see that's where the they live comes in because I've always wanted to see that. I just haven't seen that. Um, an awesome movie. And then for, um, I have my pick for horror movie of the year. Oh,
2: totally. I didn't even think about that. Cause I don't, <laughs> we haven't been doing <laughs> it, but I mean, I've, I've mentioned it a few times, but now we actually have her here.
1: Yeah, no,
0: you we know, should. Absolutely. In, in <laughs> the voice. Please. Um, give voice to the horror, horror fans who are listening.
1: I mean, obviously. So I didn't put this one, but I see what Jeff has because he knows me. <laughs> um, they have Beetlejuice classified as a horror, but I didn't put it because although it is, it's. A I mean, honestly, it probably me. is my favorite movie from the year, but it's more—it's a comedy. It's not horror to me. So my pick for horror, I did put Night of the Demons. Um, I mean, we pretty much talked, yeah, we talked about it. Life. But I will say the director, Kevin Tenney, he is awesome. I met him. He did a movie before Night Demons. It was I think the year before, um, called Witchboard, which Jeff's mom That's loves. That's my mom's
2: favorite movie. Like,
1: and it's super cheese. And it's got um what was her name that was um she dated the guy. Her name was like Tawny something. She dated the guy from White Snake and she was, she was always in, the, in their videos. She was in the music videos. She was like real it was hot. That chick.
2: <laughs> I'm already yeah. about Yeah, yeah.
1: She was the star in in that movie.
2: It's it's about a Ouija board that goes rogue. It was like one of the first like horror Ouija board movies.
1: Yeah, she becomes obsessed with it, and then you know but she. becomes But there's a character possessed.
2: in there that is like, if you ever watch it, absolute classic, <laughs> hilarious, short-lived character, but fantastic she's like a um a clairvoyant or whatever oh, and God. she comes in and she's like what is she she says uh TTFN tata for now yeah like, TTFN that's, that's
1: yeah <laughs> his mom says that all the time and then like there's
2: Stoner chick it's so funny the
1: asian guy i can't remember what his name is but um the the hammer part we got to show that to Aaron cuz it's freaking oh, hilarious
2: yeah. they they work in construction and and you know stuff gets moved around because like the things <laughs> haunting them or whatever and he's I missing his hammer, hammer and and he like chucks it at him and it, it, it's yeah it's a whole story behind it it's hilarious. we'll
1: tell you when we're done but it's funny <laughs> but no um i mean kevin's awesome he's uh there's also a knight of demons group that's on facebook that i'm a part of i'm not like an i don't run it but i'm i'm in it and um, colleen is the girl that runs it and uh she's awesome and she's and we've met him. she's a huge fan of the movie and and Kevin's very active in that group. He's very active on Facebook in general. Um, I mean, he he's awesome to his fans. He's he's hilarious.
2: You've got the picture with him that's the prom pose picture. It was his idea too. <laughs> it
1: was so funny. I met him and and we did we did like the normal you know picture and then he said here turn around let's do a prom pose. Meanwhile oh he's like you know three feet higher than me you know. But they just do. Th- <laughs>
2: so
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, he he's that's awesome. But me. I mean just night of the demons is just awesome and and if you've seen it you know how the soundtrack is there are some kind of weird songs but
2: it's classic 80s like synth
1: i love the soundtrack i actually so at work i listen to a lot of a lot of random stuff but i listen to a lot of horror movie soundtracks and night of the demons is big on that list um, How do your coworkers feel about that? Is that I keep it out? down low, okay. <laughs> but, but you know, it's like just screaming sounds the, coming over there. So the girl next to me, who's you know, she's a great friend of mine anyway, Allie. Uh, she she knows me, and yeah, and sometimes like, so there's a uh, real quick just just since we're on this topic, there's a Friday Thirteenth song from one of the Friday Thirteenth movies. It's actually, from the third one. The theme song to that is kind of like really weird and it almost sounds like it's like like an alien movie almost. And sometimes she'll hear it over there and she'll be like, Are you listening to like an alien song? I'm like, nope, it's just Friday thirteenth. But I'll change it if it's bothering you. But I, I no, I keep it down low. But yeah, I, I just I love the movie it's an alien just song. <laughs> it does. I'll have to play it for you, it really does. But no, I mean just what we talked about, Kevin's great. The soundtrack's great. It's quotable too. Like if you watch the
2: movie, you will be quoting it. There, there are definitely some great lines in it.
1: Oh yeah, y- you would definitely love it, especially oh, Stooge. Stooge's classic, like
2: bro, fat, like, yeah, bro like trying to
1: get the girl. Eat a bowl of fuck. That, <laughs> that's his famous line. <laughs> He's awesome. But yeah, that that's my pick. I could go on and on about it, but yeah, I love that movie.
0: Ah. Oh. Well, that's a good way to end. Oh, thank you for joining us for uh for this episode, Kim, and I hope you stick around for uh some future episodes so we can uh get some more horror movie picks from you. Definitely. It's a fun episode. That's 1988. Anybody got any uh final points or nah, things man, they want
2: to add? I was I was born this year. So, was uh, Die Hard and that series is fantastic and I'm I'm good going out with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if that's not a sign. I don't know what it is. <laughs> We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.